Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm John McGee, and I'm joined in the studio today with Caitlin Van Wagner. Caitlin, welcome. Hello, John. And Caitlin, her name is quite a mouthful, so in the hallways, we just call you CVW. That's saves, true. Saves us That's a true. lot Lots of, time. Uh, of time. So recently, we just had our CLC, our Church Leaders Conference, and one of the sessions, I mean, one of my personal favorites uh, was a session that Caitlin and I did on how to give and receive feedback uh, like a pro. So we did this talk uh, really, really well received, and we want to take this episode and essentially replay uh, this conversation, then maybe have some conversations afterwards. Yep. So we got some feedback on our talk about feedback. And so <laughs> at the end of this, uh, uh, stick around. So we'll, we'll tell you kind of what we heard about what resonated and why. So stick around. All right. Um, Caitlin, are you open to some feedback? Sure. Okay. So, hey, friend, I know you're under a lot of pressure right now, a lot of chaos, a lot of players. Um, but in that meeting we just left, you kind of lost your cool. And uh, the, the whole throwing the marker thing, that thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you noticed at that point, but kind of the meeting completely shifted. And people were much more anxious. It was really unproductive. Now, I believe in you, and I really do believe you're a better leader than that. Yeah. I felt myself lose my cool in that moment, John, and I'm, I'm so sorry about that. I, I think I struggle a little bit when I get really overwhelmed with how to navigate such a high-stress situation when I'm leading it. Do you have any thoughts on that for me? Yeah, I mean, a couple of thoughts. I mean, we're human. Yeah. Uh, that's going to happen. But I think two things. One, you could kind of reframe your expectations walking into meetings. So rather than going, God, I wonder if something bad you know, is going to happen, I kind of expect that it does. So I'm walking in. Th- I expect something bad to happen. So now you're not caught off guard. And then second... Uh, right? Am I right? And then second, I, I think you don't yet understand the leadership weight that you have. So as you're growing kind of in your uh, influence, really your words, your posture carry a lot of weight. So when we're thinking about morale uh, of the team, like you're controlling the weather now. And so you need to really understand that and kind of self-regulate and project calm in those situations. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you so much. I know um, you're under a lot of pressure too, and so it's not easy for you to keep me spinning out when you're under, so just wanna say thank you, and I'll apologize to the team. That sounds great, Brent, thanks. Well, hey guys, my name is Caitlin, and by now you already know John, and what you just saw was a replay of something that happened just about a year ago uh, with me and John. Uh, You see, COVID had just hit, and instead of sitting back and just seeing how this whole thing was gonna play out, Watermark decided to launch a live, live TV station right up there in our time center, town center. It was wild. And in the middle of a particularly hectic planning meeting, I completely lost my cool. I would just like to address the marker incident and say that I remember it as more of a passive aggressive toss than a throw. Um, That's probably true. Yes, but it was nonetheless uh, not one of my best moments. And then about an hour later, John pulled me aside after my emotions had kind of calmed down and he gave me some really helpful feedback. And today, John and I heard talk to you about feedback, how to give it, how to receive it, and why it matters. Um, This is really important to me because when I first came to work at Watermark here about four years ago, I equated feedback with pain and with failure. I was a mess at giving it. I was a mess at receiving it. I still candidly can be a mess at this. But what I've learned about feedback here has been catalytic for me in both my personal spiritual journey as well as my leadership journey. I'm a better sister. I'm a better friend. I'm a better community group leader, employer, employee because of what I've learned about feedback here. Love it. So me, you know, uh, myself uh, included and and all those things, uh, I'm a beneficiary of some great feedback that's been afforded to me by being on staff here uh, at Watermark. My wife has been a tremendous 
um, <laughs> a dispenser of candid, actionable, true feedback. Uh, that is really, I mean, it's been a means of God's grace um, just in my life. She saved me from myself. And I'm a better husband. I'm a better dad. I'm a better friend. I'm a better leader because of her feedback. And so I'm passionate about this topic. Both of us are because of what it's done for us personally, but so much more than that. As I've peered into other churches and kind of observed those that, you know, it would be hard to quantify healthy or unhealthy, there seems to be this line of demarcation. And the healthy churches that I've observed view feedback Uh, It's something that would feel a lot like Ephesians 4.15, that they see it as an act of love. They can speak the truth and do so in a way that's loving. It's not a harsh judgmentalism or just playing Christian nice. And when that happens, what happens is individual leaders uh, get better. They create cultures of healthy leaders, and then they create healthy churches. And the stakes are really, really high, and that is why. We wanted to talk about that for a few minutes today. So John and I are each going to share some principles today for how to give feedback like a pro and how to receive feedback like a pro. And I get the easy part, how to give feedback. You ready? Let's Let's go. go. Okay, so principle number one, ask permission. Nobody likes to be blindsided, especially with potentially tough news, hearing something tough for the very first time. So a simple tactic is when you're going to give feedback, just ask them, hey, are you open to receiving some feedback and is now the right time to do that. It's a really simple question, but it does a few strategic things to set up the conversation to go well. Practically, it just kind of gives the other person a moment to brace themselves for what's coming and collect themselves. It also gives them an opportunity to invite that feedback in, which just shows respect, it shows consideration, it shows care, sort of levels the playing field a bit. It also gives them the opportunity to say, hey, now is actually not the right time. As with most things in life, timing is everything when it comes to delivering feedback. Nobody wants to be the guy who accidentally delivers feedback about someone's presentation style on their worst day ever. Hey, you didn't do well at this and you find out later that their dog just died, right? That's not a good look. Or they've just stepped on stage and they're maybe off stage and they're in a more emotionally vulnerable time. That's probably not the right time to be delivering some hard feedback. So timing is everything and asking permission helps you get that right. The second principle is to fight frustration. My favorite proverb for this is Proverb 15:2. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You see, your emotional state when you're going in to give somebody feedback should act like a barometer for you. If you're fighting a lot of anger and frustration, frustration that should be a signal that maybe it's time to step back to pray, maybe seek counsel and just take a breather for a minute. I've gone in hot to give feedback and it has never worked out for me. Another thing is that if you're fighting a lot of anger and frustration, it could mean, not always, that you might want to look at your motive. So I know we know this, but payback is never a good motivation for delivering feedback. The other thing about frustration is a heightened emotional state makes it more difficult to think clearly. And clarity is so important, which brings me to my third principle for how to give feedback like a pro. Be specific. When it comes to giving feedback, it is not helpful to generalize, to say something like, you know, you're just not that good at meetings. That's not helpful. It's also kind of rude. Um, so if you pinpoint the specific areas that need to be addressed and you want to give specific examples, here's another way to think about it. If you don't specifically define the problem, it is unfair to ask the other person to specifically address it. And as a bonus tip, if you do things pretty soon after they happen, while they're fresh, it's easier to be specific because your examples will be right there and they'll be fresh. 
Right in hand with being specific is principle number four for me, make it actionable. So what do I mean by making it actionable? It means to paint a picture of what success will look like the next time around. So just to carry that example all the way through, instead of saying something like, yeah, just do better at meetings next time, paint a picture of what success is gonna look like. And a magical phrase to help you do that is what if next time you considered X? So what if next time you considered potentially um, uh, making an agenda if you're not good at meetings, making an agenda to help you stay on task so the meetings don't run over, right? The, other, the last one, and potentially the most important, is to frame your feedback as an act of love and service. Your motivation for giving feedback should never be to reduce your own irritation. It should be to increase somebody else's effectiveness for the kingdom. So frame it as an act of love and service. Help connect the dots for them for how this feedback is gonna make them more effective in their organization and for the kingdom at large. My favorite proverb for this is Proverbs 27, six. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Reassure them that you're in it with them that you want them to succeed. And in fact, it might be unkind for you to withhold that feedback because of how much it's gonna help you grow. So in summary, for how to give feedback like a pro, ask permission, fight frustration, be specific, make it actionable, and frame it as an act of love and service. Well done. So how do you receive it like a pro? Like Caitlin, I've got five things uh, for you, okay? And the first one is to consistently ask for feedback. Caitlin does this really, really well. Uh, when we will leave a meeting, when we will leave a presentation, when we leave a pastoral care situation, one of the first things out of our mouth every time is, do you have any feedback for me? And so she's already kind of created this posture that it's easy to give feedback for me. In fact, I'm looking for it and I'm open to it. So if you can create that, then people will feel very, very free to come up uh, and tell you kind of, hey, I don't think you see this, or you could be on the margins. You could be a little bit better. And so you want to cultivate kind of that culture of um, consistently asking for feedback. Number two is just to fight defensiveness. So when someone comes to you uh, and says, hey, are you open to some feedback? And they begin to talk, you have got a choice to make. And there's a part of you that's going to want to get defensive, and I would encourage you as much as you can to see this and receive this as an act of love. What you should be hearing as their lips are moving is, this person loves me, this person is for me, this person loves me, this person is for me. They're trying to help me get better, right? They believe in me or they wouldn't say these things. That's what you should be hearing because what happens is if you see it as an attack, your brain completely uh, short circuits itself. It's called the amygdala hijack. And you, you move into kind of a fight or flight and you really can't hear what they're saying. You just now want to go on the offensive and attack back, right? You can't really listen. And then in all these friends, this is just so important how we handle this because I've seen this over and over and over again. If you become the person who's just defensive every time people give you feedback, they stop giving you feedback. And what happens is you're the only person that doesn't know. Everyone else sees you as you are. Everyone talks behind your back. And everyone says, you know what? It's just not worth it. Don't go there. We've tried. You won't listen. You can't be defensive when it comes to receiving feedback. Number three is just to seek clarity. Okay, so the person who's giving feedback, they've got a responsibility to, to make sure that they communicate it clearly so that you can understand you also have a responsibility as a receiver. And so you want to ask for clarifying questions. Can you tell me some more about that? Can you tell me what you think that person felt when I say that? What do I not see that you could help me see? 
And then always at the end, if you can, if you can paraphrase back what you heard, that lets them know, A, you heard them, and B, that you've locked in on what they were trying to say, and you're not fighting some battles that weren't there. You understand exactly what they were trying to tell you, okay? Number four is to try it on. And so you need to think, think about this as a shirt, right? Or whatever, whatever it is that you would try on. Now, I am not a shopper. My wife knows this about me. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they now have this ability, uh, this, this app, and I guess this was Amazon. Candidly, I don't even know uh, who does this. But my wife took a picture of me from the front, and she took a picture of me from the side and told me I didn't have to go shopping if I would just play along, and uh, clothes would appear uh, in the mail. I was like, man, I'm so in on that. And so she took two pictures, and a week later, uh, we're opening you know, uh, the, the envelope, and we're kind of doing this unboxing, and I, and I try it on. And we're sitting there, it's kind of at the same time, we're like, that, that's amazing. That is amazing. How, from a picture, could they get, you know, the length, uh, the width, all this, that, that really is incredible. And then simultaneously, we looked at the sleeves. And they were like wind flaps that were out here. This fit perfectly, and this is out here, if you can imagine, both sides. And we're like, well, what? What do I not understand? It, honestly, it was a little concerning because I thought, are my biceps like supposed to be that big? You know, a man of my stature. Am I, I'm like, literally, I'm half the man that I should be, right? <laughs> this fit well. That was not a fit. Sending it back, okay? Um, I guess I could have cut the sleeves off and had a little tank top. Uh, that would have probably fit the analogy much better. And that probably is... Uh, how we should think about feedback. I, early on, I thought every piece of feedback I had to own, I had to metabolize, I'd really beat myself up. And I've come to now understand, like, I'm just going to try this on and see if this fits. I'm going to ask my wife first. I'm going to ask my community. Hey, does this ring true? Someone gave, I think this, they were for me. They told me this. Let me, let, me, let me explain that, tell you what they said, and just kind of help me think through that. And then I can decide if that was true, uh, then what I need to do with it. And if not, I don't have to own it. Now, Listen, it's not, that's not a tactic uh, to keep from owning what you need to own. And, and honestly, if you hear the same feedback repeatedly, it probably means there's something there and you need to pay attention to it, okay? Uh, so then lastly, uh, you just want to take a step towards them. So as long as someone's not a bully and they're not out like to get you, which could happen, you need to look out uh, for that. Anytime you lower your guard, make sure you're dealing with uh, a safe person. But if they're not, uh, thank them. Man, say, I really appreciate you taking a risk. That, that's, I've done that. That's hard to do. And uh, I believe that you love me and you're for me. So I really, uh, I really appreciate that. And, um, and so here's what I think I need to own before you, before God, before others. I might need to go make amends uh, with others. But I'm going to take a step uh, toward them, okay? So again, just kind of to, to recap, consistently ask for it, fight defensiveness, seek clarity, try it on, right? And then move towards them. That's really good. What do you think? Should we give him another example? Sure. See these in action? Sure. Are you open to some feedback? <laughs> and is now uh, a good time? <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. In front of all these people. So That'd be great. great. I'd love it. Um, so, John, we've been working together for a little bit. And one of the things I've noticed is that almost better than anyone else I've ever seen, you are a vision caster. Thanks. But I think that sometimes, inadvertently, if you don't deliver the vision, you got vision in the right way or maybe like at the right moment, it can actually backfire and make people feel a little demotivated. Okay. Okay, I bet, I bet that's true. Do you have, do you have examples sure. of that? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so earlier we were in a meeting for the Awaken Conference, which we're so excited about, Young Adult Conference on the Porch. Yeah. Um, and the team is so excited about it, but it is so, there's so much complexity with having that yeah. at the Dallas Convention Center and everything that comes in. And there's so many logistics, and the team is underwater. And so there was a planning meeting for that, but you 
in, I think, just wanting to cast the big vision, kept talking about your vision for young adults to go and be plugged into the church and doing Awaken all over the country and in UK the next year, and the team is just already underwater this year. So I think that they kind of felt unseen in that moment and just really overwhelmed by all that vision. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Kaylin, what would you do if you are me next time? Well, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to stop being a vision caster. You're the only one on the team that really thinks that way, and we need that. I think it's just a matter of tone and timing. So figuring out, hey, reading the room, understanding, showing them that you've got empathy, that they're kind of in the weeds, that you're going to get in there with them, and that you're going to lead them through it, but then also uh, picking the right time, because we still need you to be able to deliver that vision. Okay, that's that really, really helpful. Um, here's what I'll do. So first off, thank you for taking a risk uh, with that. That's not uh, easy to do, and I, I think you're right. I don't even need to process that one. Um, and I, I think what I'll do next time we're together is just acknowledge that. So specifically what you told me that I agree and just really ask uh, their forgiveness. So thank you so much for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So that was another replay of some, of, some, of some feedback that I gave John early on when we started working together. And in that moment, I hope you saw a few of those principles illustrated. I tried to ask permission if this is the right time to do that. Um, I didn't really have to, to uh, really fight any frustration there, but I tried to give him a really specific example of what the issue was and then paint a picture of what success would look like the next time around, and that I really wanted to make sure that he knew that I needed him to still be a vision caster. And this was just connected to how he could do that better and help win more with the team. Great, so on my end, uh, it was kind of fighting defensiveness Right? Just, just going, hey, Caitlin, I'm not going to punch back uh, at you. Seeking clarity. Can you help me understand that a little bit? Uh, kind of trying it on, which, you know, in real time, unlike the Amazon shirt, like that, that fit. And I was like, yeah, I, I know that's true. Uh, and then moving towards her, right? telling her, hey, thank you. Thanks for taking a risk. And I will make amends from here. Okay? So why, why, why do that? Right? You're like, oh, isn't that cute? You guys reading from your script uh, there, man. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, that's hard. Okay, it is. It is. Why do it? Number one, I really do think it's biblical, right? We use the word feedback. It's not in the Bible, but I think you could find it like throughout Scripture, a couple places. We already mentioned Ephesians 4, 15, that it's a way to speak the truth and do so in love. A verse we use a lot around here is 1 Thess 5, 14. It is, I think feedback is a way to admonish at times, encourage, right? Be patient, and to help. It's a biblical way to live out those, those values and really, really sharpen each other. So I think that's true. But again, I would just call you back to the top of what I said. I think if you get this right, if your church gets this right, you'll start to produce healthy leaders who will then form a community of healthy leaders. And I think your church becomes healthier and more effective. And that is why this is so darn important. So some of you might be sitting there thinking, that is so great for y'all here. That would probably not work in my organization. Maybe you come from an organization or a church with uh, not a healthy culture around feedback. Um, and so to you, I would say a few things. I know that this feels risky, but it starts with you. Somebody's got to go first. That's what leaders you do. And so that somebody is probably you. So sometimes if you have to go first, what's really helpful is you can just start by asking for feedback about yourself. Start to normalize that into the conversation and the culture of your church. And so the second thing I would say to you is don't get discouraged. 
It's helpful if you think about feedback as a skill, as something that you can get better at over time with practice and with, again, with time. Uh, John and I were joking when we were preparing for this that we could actually give the anti-talk to this, which is when feedback goes south. We have a lot of material um, and for that. And we will continue. We'll continue to get this wrong. Um, but the, the key is to stay in it, to not get discouraged, to give grace to yourself and to extend grace to others. And you can ask for feedback about your feedback. That's going to help you grow. That's it. It's like an inception moment. Feedback about feedback about feedback. That's right. So, um, okay, guys, as we close, Caitlin, you got one more in you? Are you open to some feedback? Yes. Okay. So, in sincerity, this is not godless flattery, but hopefully encouragement. Um, in putting this talk together, uh, it's obvious to me that you have got a gift, like a God-given gift to think through content and delivery and structure. So uh, you're, you're, it was, I mean, so much of this is, is you, but even the, like, let's, let's do this live, that was you. And I would say repeatedly, when you show up, like you make content better, which helps us disciple people. And you need to lean into that gift, okay? Because I think you're gonna have a lot of fun, but I also think it's gonna make our church better. And so I, I, uh, I want you to know that I see that in you. And, and honestly, I've been in rooms where others have saw that as well. I just want you to know that, okay? So lastly, that's true. That's, uh, that's, our, that's our staff here who's, who's like, yeah, they, want, they all want the microphone to tell you how true uh, that is, okay? Which is true. I was, uh, we, were in, we were in a meeting uh, a couple, couple days ago, and I was like, please put Caitlin in that meeting because if she, as we're developing content, she's going to make it better. So here's the last, the last reason we give content, or the last reason we give feedback, is that it is a way we understand our gifts, so, and God in his sovereignty, I don't know why he didn't do this. This seems really efficient. What he could have done is at the factory, when he installed our gifts, he could have given us a personalized uh, manual. Like, that wouldn't have been that hard to do, right? So that when we became reading age, we could read it and go, here's the gifts that we have. And we could go, great. And we could now spend the rest of our lives living out those gifts. In his sovereignty, he didn't choose to do that. Instead, he chose to give us the body of Christ. And I think, I think we find out our gifts, candidly, by hearing the encouragement of others, right? Hey, you are really good at that. Have you ever thought about leveraging that gift? Have you ever thought about getting some more training or taking a next step in that? Because I think there's something there. I think God puts something in you. And listen, if you lean into this, I think you have a lot of fun and we get better. That's the number one reason we give feedback. And many will tell you, you need to do it at a ratio of at least five positives to one. I, double it and do 10. And if you're the kind of person that dishes out encouragement all the time, when it comes, when it comes time to go with, with a little bit different tone, are you open to some feedback? Right? It's a much more palatable thing. And you can receive it and they can go, it's so clear to me that this person loves me. Make sure that you encourage. Okay? Guys? This is hard. Guys, this is worth it. Lean in to it. And send us some feedback if you got some for this talk. Thanks so much. All right, Caitlin, that was really, uh, really fun. And I don't know if I told you, but you know, my wife Pam, who thinks everything's great, everyone's awesome, everything's fun. Um, so she's always gonna tell me everything's <laughs> great. After that uh, talk, she looked at me and she goes, that was really 
good. And when she says something like that, I know like <laughs> we're in a we're in a different category. And it was just it was a really helpful talk. I it thought was you fun did to a, do. a fantastic job. So uh, thoughts uh, after the fact. Yeah. So I think afterwards, uh, like I said in the very beginning, we got some feedback about uh, which was fun because it was just it was things I wouldn't have thought that resonated with people. So I, I think we wanted to share a couple of the things that people have double clicked on with us. So the first one, John, I think your last point about viewing encouragement of as feedback and prioritizing encouraging young leaders specifically has something has really, really resonated well. I think there are a few reasons why. The first is that you and I have been in a couple conversations lately and I've seen it around our church where we've got these really young leaders, maybe first or second job at a college mm-hmm. who are not sure what their gifts are. Right. That's right. And so your point was that encouragement helps people understand their gifts. And I think that that's really, really important to uh, settle in on and double click on because especially with younger leaders who uh, maybe get a lot of negative feedback, encouragement can be like rocket fuel for helping them understand where they add value to an organization. So that's really resonated. And the other thing about the encouragement as feedback piece, I think that's important is that uh, is viewing encouragement as almost making deposits in a trust bank. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think we have this connotation with feedback that it's, it's, because a lot of it's negative feedback, uh, which doesn't mean that it's a negative experience, but it's feedback about how someone can improve, right? And so that's almost, if you treat it like taking making a withdrawal from the trust bank and you've got to replenish, yep. um, and encouragement's a way to replenish the trust bank so that you've got something to make a withdrawal from. So I've, I've heard several people kind of bandy about that specific idea from your part of that. Did talk. you say bandy? I said bandy. That's short for banter? No. No. Bandy about? I believe that's a real word. <laughs> Is it really? Let's we'll look, it up. look it up. I, I'm uh, gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. I believe you. I've never used it in a sentence, so I just my ears perked. Should up. we ask Chris Hatley, who's our producer? We can do like a real time check. Wow. Wow. Chris doesn't know. Chris, will you commit to looking it up by the end of the and episode? We will. Uh, well, actually, if you don't hear this, that means we re-recorded it because it was a made-up word. <gasps> but my money is on you, Caitlin. Thank and you for I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to look for a way to use Thank that. Thank you for now. that. So uh, you know, a couple thoughts. Um, you know, in addition to your obviously impressive vocabulary uh, that are in my mind right now is uh, one, I think, you know, we, we go, why is this so important and why is this so helpful? Well, a lot of times um, it's really difficult for us to understand the things that we're good at because it's kind of easy to us. Like there's something about that, that there's a natural aptitude. It feels easy. It feels like everybody's good at that. It's so obvious and it's just not. And so that's where it takes someone kind of pointing out that. The other thought I have is there's kind of a progressive nature to this encouragement, uh, kind of a honing in uh, of sorts. So an example would be if someone said, um, you know, I don't know if anyone said this to you, Caitlin, but you're really good at baseball. Okay. So if someone said you, you <laughs> so, but if they did and they said, Caitlin, you know, you should keep playing baseball. You're great at that. Uh, that's, that's actually no really helpful because now ever. you don't have to think about hockey or basketball or you go that, you know, I keep hearing that I'm good at baseball. So I'm going to focus in on baseball. Well, that's really mm-hmm. just the first step because there's 10 different positions on a baseball team. Uh, a pitcher is materially different than a catcher, than a designated hitter, than a center fielder. And so you you need this consistent and ongoing and I think even focused encouragement to really understand mm-hmm. uh, your gifts. And so it is, a, I mean, it's such a, um, such a blessing when someone does that for us. Reality is very, very few people have done that for us. And so you always kind of, you know, you want to relate to people the way that you wish they had related to you. And um, I think it's a, it's a real gift uh, to give. So I uh, love it. The mm-hmm. second thing I think that we heard a lot about was kind of your thoughts around how this is a skill in um, giving feedback, 
receiving feedback uh, is a skill that we practice and that we will fail at. And so uh, if anybody, back to baseball or golf or any sport or any skill, Caitlin is our director of communication. So anytime, you know, we're thinking about writing something, communicating something, uh, we stand on the shoulders of Caitlin, who's made a lot of mistakes up until this point and has had a lot of practice. And so we're all the beneficiaries. And feedback works the same way. When someone, when you see someone who's really, really good at this, Mm -hmm. uh, either giving it or they just, they can receive it, you know, really without effort. Uh, that means they've been doing it for a long time. They've been sharpening their skills. And um, just realize as you jump in, as you take a step, uh, it's going to be hard. You're going to make mistakes. And it's a skill that you need to practice. So, I think the other thing to think about, if you treat it as a skill, that makes it less intimidating, especially if you're new at it. Because when you think about any new skill is going to be hard at first, and you're going to make mistakes. And so if you view feedback, giving and receiving it as a skill, it just makes it Uh, I think less demoralizing if it doesn't go well and then also just less intimidating to approach the first time. So I think, I think it takes a little bit of the pressure off if you view it as a skill. Love it. Okay. Well, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, It was a lot of fun to do and this will be part one of two. Hey John, before we leave, I think we need a ruling from our producer, Chris, about whether or not bandy about is a real term. So he has been over here Scouring the scouring the internet. The internet. So, this okay. is this is Miriam Webster. Bandy about means to discuss or mention something in a casual or informal way. That was the intended use. That was, I, I believe so. We'll have to go check the tape. You crushed it. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for that. That's in positive encouragement. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, John. I'm gonna keep using that. Hey, well, thanks, Caitlin. One of the things we said in our talk at CLC was that we could do a whole talk on. What do you do when feedback goes poorly and how to learn from your mistakes? And so that will actually be the next episode that we do. So you can look for that uh, here very, very soon. And uh, I think it'll be a really great kind of one-two um, to this whole topic. So thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments on today's episode, feel free to contact us by email at clp at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time.